And now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, yearn to wade in a high Sierra or Alaska stream, or just look forward to taking the kids out to one of our local lakes to chase trout, crappie, or bass, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop on your radio. Radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Mark Larson, thank you. In Southern California, welcome to Rod and Real Radio. I'm your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Hey, we've got a great show in store for you tonight. We're going to start off uh, just a little bit here with Jesse Fortham. He is a fisherman from Southern California that uh, moved back to Florida. Loves fishing, though. Had some fishing opportunities there. He fished his first major tournament this last weekend, so we're going to check with him just to find out exactly how he did, how Southern Californian is doing fishing on Lake Okeechobee. So that'll be in our first segment. And then coming up at 6.05, we're going to have executive producer for Stoked On Fishing, Shay McEntee. So Shay's going to be with us at 6.05. You want to get into that. And as usual, we'll have our regular reports live with Phil Friedman, Captain James Housen, and Captain McDiamond. But before we before we get the show started, let's start off by introducing the co-host of Rod Real Radio. He is a voice of 1-800-BASSBOAT, and he's a pretty good fisherman in his own right, Mr. Stan Vandenberg. Stan, howdy. Good evening, everybody. Good evening, John. How's things been, buddy? I heard you went fishing. You know, we both went fishing. We and did. I, <laughs> you know, and I think we'll um, we'll have to uh, talk a little bit about this towards the end <clears throat> of the show because I think we fishing both was pro- good. We, well, we we both proved that even though there's a thirty percent chance <clears throat> of rain, and that thirty percent is falling on you a hundred percent of the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fishing can still be good. That's exactly correct, you know, and, and it started earlier than that 30% was supposed to come. <laughs> and so definitely, we both had a good time. <laughs> definitely did for us, too. Hey, uh, let's move on. Uh, we've got also the other co-host of Rod Reel Radio. She is the sales manager for Iserline. And a fantastic outdoors person herself, both hunting and fishing, Wendy Toshihara. Wendy, how are you tonight? I'm doing great. And you know about your trip? Fish don't mind. They're already wet. <laughs> <laughs> and so were we. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't believe I've ever remember a time except maybe one, uh, one weigh-in that we had at uh, Lake Havasu that... I got as drenched as we got, but uh, that's all right. As long as you're catching fish, you don't mind as much. It's when you're not catching fish and you're getting soaked 
and bounced around and the wind's blowing that hey, you go, hold on, what was I thinking? You know, Did you at I, least have some rain gear? Yes. Yes, I've, oh, good. I've got a whole story about that, though. Hey, guys, <laughs> hey, let's talk, let's talk about this later on because we want to get right to our uh, first guest. Uh, he's <clears> calling in from Florida. He's a former Southern California fisherman, was fishing tournaments here. Had to move on, had to move over to Florida. He, he knew there was going to be some great fishing opportunities because he was by the St. John's River out there and Lake Okeechobee. But, you know, he's a competitive individual, and he loves fishing <clears throat> tournaments, and his first tournament came along fishing the FLWBLF series on Lake Okeechobee. So let's check in with him, find out what's he doing, how he did. Everyone, Mr. Jesse Fortham. Jesse, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, John. Hey, it is, it is good hearing from you. I know we have a chance to chit-chat every now and again, but... What I want to talk about, first of all, is you've been back in Florida for a little bit. You're fishing different types of water. Lake Okeechobee, obviously, is is not like fishing Diamond Valley or El Capitan. <laughs> Sorry. You, you, you got the St. John's River, which is kind of like, uh, maybe it might be f- like fishing, uh, you know, the river, uh, you know, north of Lake Havasu. But that that's really quite the understatement. Just quickly... Tell us a little bit about what the fishing's like there, what type of fishing you do, and how it different differs from what we know out here. Well, John, you know, um, my love of fishing uh, mostly includes uh, largemouth bass. Um, I'm actually living in Cape Coral, Florida, in southwest Florida, and um, there's a lot of freshwater chain canals here, so I'm, I'm doing a lot of fishing, bank fishing and boat fishing in them, um, but uh, one of my dreams uh, in my life was to fish Lake Okeechobee. Okay. That's and, a lot of water, though. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, before this event, had you had the opportunity to go on Lake Okeechobee and describe to us a little bit the physical layout of Lake Okeechobee and why it isn't like, let's say, Diamond Valley? <laughs> well, there's a lot of open water in it, and it's a lot of shallow water. You're looking at an average depth of five feet deep. Um, the deepest part of the lake is approximately nine to fifteen feet. So you're you're fishing a lot of shallow water. There's a rim ditch that runs uh, around the lake, and it's used to get from um, one end of the lake to the other, from north to south. And it's a lot of uh, tules and water hyacinth, hydrilla. So there's definitely a lot of cover that you, you know, all types of fishing that you can do, um, even as well as um, uh, rocks and, and um, a lot of sharp sharp banks, uh, depending on, uh, you know, what, ty- what uh, um, time of year you're on the water, it can vary from fishing shallow to fishing deep. Deep being nine feet? Yeah, deep, deep, yeah, where, where, you know, on Chasta or someplace you're used to uh, fishing 35 to 70 feet or more. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Now, how many surface acres is is Okeechobee? You know, I I don't know the whole details about Lake Okeechobee. Um, 
I've only been on it a couple of times. Um, I fished uh, a club tournament back in August, and it was very, very hot and all and windy, and all the fish moved to deeper water, which uh, was in the rim ditch. And um, and then this past tournament, the fish were uptight, and they were uh, looking to bed, and the front came in and pushed them out. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about that. But to answer your question, uh, Wendy, I too don't know about the surface acre feet, but I know there are many areas when you can be on Lake Okeechobee and you can't see the shoreline. So, well, yeah, I've I've driven by Okeechobee while I was fishing with Randy Jones, and we fished the uh, Lake Itzapoga. Yes. And so those lakes are really really shallow, but they're but they're large. They they are extremely large and. It, I guess it's kind of like maybe fishing, uh, you know, Frank's track up in the California Delta or something like that, and then you multiply it times, you know, uh, 500 or something, and and then you got Lake Okeechobee with a ditch going down the middle. Well, yeah, and and also along the edges, um, but the the couple of times that I fished it were out of uh, Roller Martin's fish camp. And um, I asked several guys, what does the other side of the lake look like? Because from there, once you hit the, the main lake, you can't see the other side. <laughs> and, and a lot of guys say, um, I don't know. Never been Never there. <laughs> <laughs> now, hey, Jesse, let's talk about you fishing because I know you, you know you love fishing tournaments and we have the FLW series here. The event that you fished, the FLW BLF, it isn't the you know uh, the top FLW tournament, but you were fishing in an event with how many other teams fishing? There were um, um, actually 229 boats total, and uh, that was 129 uh, non-boaters and 100 or uh, 229. Uh, non-boaters and 229 boaters competing against each other um, in separate fields. Now, with all those good old boys and gals, how many Southern Californians do you think mm-hmm. were fishing that? Um, well, looking at the list, I was the only one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... So, you th- so when, you, when you get 230 boats on Okeechobee and everybody leaves, can you see them on the other side? <laughs> 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 well, you know, surprising enough, uh, funny you should ask, because where uh, the boater I was fishing with, um, young kid, um, great, he, he, he was a good old boy, as, as you mentioned, and um, we hit his first spot, and he said the fish were loaded up and didn't get a bite, and um, he was getting ready. We had come off the rim ditch to go way back in the sticks, and there were probably five or six boats on his areas where there were fish and we didn't see anybody catching any and we, we had moved almost all the way through to the main lake and he says okay let's go ahead and turn around and hit the rim ditch and go to my next spot and i said you know what i said i come from california and and you know it's a little bit different out there and and i get this feeling um, that there's fish, and when I do that, I've got to go with it. So do you mind moving out to the main lake here in front of us and fishing it? And he said, no, don't mind at all. Well, about my third cast uh, hung in our first first fish of the day. And what were you fishing? What uh, what pattern did you decide to fish, Jesse, and why did you go with that pattern? 
Well, you know, I had heard that um, swim baits were working. It's a different swim bait um, that I'm used to using the, the Spro BBD. Um, it's using a weedless uh, uh, rubber swim bait um, like the Gambler mm-hmm. and uh, fishing it weedless because there's a lot of uh, structure, a lot of stick-ups and toolies and so forth. So, you know, obviously you can't fish anything with uh, uh, a hook showing. Okay, and uh, so you, you had a chance on the swim bait, and with regards to colors, uh, was there any color that you chose, and why did you go with that? Besides, it was the only one left on the peg when you finally got there to buy one. <laughs> yeah. Actually, a brand that I was told to use, um, they didn't have the color, um, so I went with the Gambler um, Swim Easy in Junebug. Okay. And really? I was told by um, a couple of guys that that swim bait was too big, it was too fat and too heavy because um, I, I had decided to fish it with a, a punch hook uh, with an eighth-ounce hook, um, worm hook, and um, the punch hook being instead of a, a wide bath for a better hook set. And then uh, when we first got in the spot and I hung into my first fish, my boater looked at me and he said, you know, he goes, that's the number one bait on Lake Okeechobee that you're using. And I go, really? Nobody told me that. So, <laughs> Really? <laughs> you know, it, it's amazing that, you know, you'd go to Junebug just because of watercolor. How, how did you come up with that? Well, I had lived in the South before in uh, South Carolina, and um, Junebug was one of my favorite colors. It was also the, the color of, uh, of my personal best uh, bass that I caught was on June bug worm. And, um, so I went with it and, um, luckily one pack held out and I was able to catch uh, two or two or three, four fish on, uh, one bait out of a pack of five. Cause I only bought one pack. <laughs> well, you know, you know, and Stan, isn't that odd because out here, unless you're fishing a night tournament, I, I don't know of anywhere where you can almost, you can't give June bug away, maybe if, unless there's something happening at the Delta or not. Are you f- familiar with using June bug during the middle of the day out here? Me? No. No, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, no, it's it. always I, been I, at night I, when you're using those dark, deep, yeah. you know, dark colors. I will colors. qualify that. I will qualify not June bug, but, I mean, black grape, which is a sure. color. You know, it's black. I mean, it's, a, it's the same color grape with a neon blue line through it. I throw a lot still. Uh, and that's, and I don't care whether it's on bright sunlight days or overcast days. It doesn't make any difference when they're eating it. They're eating it. I just find it unique as a swim bait that that's a chosen color for Okeechobee other than something that would be uh, uh, not so much a shad but maybe a perch color or something else. It, that's, that was a surprise. But to have, you know, if that's what you, you fish back there, that's part of, of learning the water because every body of water has its own personality. So... Well, right. And, now, I, and I had watched uh, several guys um, using the same bait, and they were using it completely different from uh, us West Coast guys that I feel have uh, much more patience when it comes to uh, bass fishing and fishing this type of bait. Uh, but, you know, pretty much anywhere, a bass is a bass is a bass. Yep. Now, Jesse, were you using... Uh, a braid fluorocarbon combination, all all mono, all braid, uh, 
and what kind of a setup were you fishing? Uh, rig were you fishing to 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 use these swim baits? Well, because of the bite was uh, was so tough, and the wind was up on the day of the tournament, and because of the <clears throat> front that it had come in, I had switched from sixty five pound braid down to thirty, and um, I was using uh, spin gear with a uh, quantum uh, uh, spinning reel 30 series, um, actually 25 series, with a uh, medium action uh, quantum rod, spinning rod. Okay. And just so I could feel the uh, slight uh, bite um, or tick when a fish uh, comes up behind it and grabs a hold of it. Okay. And Eddie, How long a bait was that, Peter? You're using a one, an eighth ounce. It's a weighted eight ounce hook. I mean, eighth ounce hook. Um, but how how long is the bait? It's uh, it was four inches. The four inch. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't consider that particularly large out here, but uh, <coughs> one man's <laughs> river is another man's creek. Now you know, let's, exactly. You know, let's let's qualify this a little bit, Jesse, because you've moved back there. You don't have a boat, so you were actually fishing as a backseater in an event that you were fishing against two hundred and 39 other backseaters, local guys uh, that probably have been fishing there a good part of their lives, if not all of it. You're the new guy on the block. Tell us a little bit about uh, how many fish you finally wound up getting, and then what was it like uh, going to the weigh-in? They, they, you know, uh, weighing in with 300 and or 239 guys, uh, I think I've only been in one tournament like that. It was maybe you know one of the champion boat owners tournament. That's a bunch of people waiting to weigh in. Yeah, it it, it was, and um, thankfully the uh, uh, pairing was right across the street from the hotel at the uh, Walmart. And out of the two hundred twenty nine other uh, boats, uh, I drew two hundred twenty for blast off. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Oh man! Nice. <laughs> Ever feel like you're coming <laughs> out of a hole? <laughs> oh man! Right. Not only not only that, but um, it was the oldest and smallest and slowest boat in the whole tournament. It was an old uh, 17 foot aluminum with a 70 horse Yamaha, and um, we had quite a, we had well we had the rest of the field. Thank God there wasn't that many um, passing us on the way out. No. Oh. And Jesse, um, what what was your uh, total weight weighing in that? Uh, uh, one of this event for you? Um, my total weight was 16 pounds, 15 ounces, which um, landed me in first place. All right. Well, Guy, I want to congratulate you on doing that. I, I know you've been wanting to fish these events, and when it comes time to, to uh, you can get your boat, I know you're going to be out there fishing, you know, as a boater. Uh, any sponsors you want to thank for helping you? Well, I'd like to... Uh, First off, I'd like to uh, thank my boss um, that I work work for in construction, uh, Jim Schlaba of Schlaba Construction here in Cape Coral, and um, also Gamagatsu Baits or uh, Hooks and um, um, and uh, I who, guess that's about it right who, now. Yeah, who I'm, made this? I'm, 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 I'm still working on uh, sponsors, and hopefully this will um, land me a few and and. Uh, I'm looking to get the boat so I can pitch as a boater and uh, get into some bigger tournaments. All right, Jesse. Well, no, Jesse I, I, Fortham, uh, 
Nice job. Congratulations. Uh, another SoCal guy doing well, especially in an area where, uh, you know, you might find a little bit of local prejudice when it comes to Southern California going out there and fishing. Isn't that the truth? Needless no, to say, winning tournaments. i got to give you kudos for one thing here. Now, most guys will never think about picking up a spinning rod to throw a swim bait, especially when you've got the wind. This is one of the best tools you, a guy can do, and kudos for you for knowing enough to downgrade to the 30 and being able to throw into the wind and around with that swim bait in the wind, especially when you had that light. The, the, the light uh, I need a little light. clarification. Did you say you were throwing a four-inch swim bait with yes. an 8 hook? Eight, eighth ounce. Eighth ounce. Oh, okay. I'm All right. Say, yeah, eight, eighth ounce with a uh, four-odd hook. Um, and, you know, I've, I've got to mention this, um, and I hope it's okay. Um, if I'm not politically correct, I apologize ahead of time, but um, I think I am. But, um, you know, the first thing I did um, when I went out in morning is I, I, I prayed really hard. And it's only because of God that um, I'm able to do what I do. And uh, it's only because of Him I did as well as I did. And uh, not to mention it was my birthday <laughs> um, on the day of the tournament. Well, Jesse, good well, for you. You're as, you're as correct as you can get, but you're not kidding. And it's only it's only God that would suggest a June bug swim bait. That's for sure. Hey guys, we got to go. Jesse, thanks a lot for being with us and sharing your story. May you have many more to come, and we hope to be talking to you again on Rod and Real Radio. Well, thank you very much for having me. I, I enjoyed it very much. And All God right. Bless. Hey, we're running way over time. Uh, Stan Vandenberg, Winnie Toshihara, myself, Hopalong John Cassidy. We'll be back with more Rod and Real Radio after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main at El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specialty heat treater to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. 
H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. I am an angler, a heroic defender of the noble sport of fishing. When I go out with my crew, we're prepared for everything, from itty-bitty mosquitoes to the biggest bass you've ever seen. Not to mention, we all wear life jackets. And with this year's drought conditions, we're also defending every last drop of water, saving lives and saving water, because the best defense is a good offense. Just don't tell the fish that. Take your hero quiz at BoatCalifornia.com. A message from the California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. This segment of Ron Real Radio is brought to you by the makers of the original balloon fishing clip system, Balloon Fisher King. Now you can fish the precise bait depth desired with these easy-to-use clips and 100% biodegradable natural latex balloons. All you do is clip, inflate, bait, and fish. Look for Balloon Fisher King clips and balloons at your local tackle dealers or go to balloonfisherking.com for further information. It's a big deal, you know. I've always wanted to be on Rod and Real Radio. Line. <laughs> <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> that is just absolutely awesome. And Southern California, we want to welcome you back to Rod and Real Radio. And one more time, and I mentioned about Jesse Fortham. In the FLW-BLF uh, uh, tournaments, as in most of the FLW tournaments, they're not fishing a shared weight format like we see out here with uh, uh, one bass and stuff like that. So Jesse was fishing against 239 other fishermen that were trying to catch their own fish. So I think no matter what you might want to say, to beat out 239 guys fishing in the back seat, pretty nice accomplishment. So congratulations, Jesse, and and uh, we uh, we send you... Our prayers to keep on doing well. Hey, now it's time for What the Heck is Phil Thinking? And what the segment is brought to you by PFO Radio Outdoors. And here is the voice, Phil Friedman. Phil, how are you doing this week? Hey, John, I am doing great. And I want to apologize for last week. I was standing there on Revolution Boulevard right next to one of those uh, donkeys. And I was all set to do my report, but I just couldn't get a line out. I had an international calling card and everything else, but I blew it. But next time, definitely. We were down there in Tecate for Dia de Reyes, handed out over 2,400 jerseys to the kids down there, and really had a nice time. Well, you know, we talked a little bit about that, and we wanted to congratulate you and the the folks from uh, Phil Friedman Outdoors for putting that all together. And I know... You must have brought a whole lot of joy to a whole lot of uh, uh, boys and girls south of the border. Well, and I'll tell you, though, and I I honestly mean this, no BS, 
you always get six billion times more out of the event than the kids get from you. So if they got as much as we got out of it, it was a win-win deal. It was really a remarkable day. The first lady of Takati, the mayor's wife, is a lovely lady, and she really works hard in the community. And just to see a lot of the San Diego police officers are involved in that. The assistant chief of police many years ago was a guy named George Saldamondo, and George is there every single year and several other police officers from San Diego. So just a great day and uh, lots of good carne asada tacos afterwards. And we even had sushi in Tijuana. So it was just a win-win deal, John. Wow. Phil, you know, I know, again, this isn't fishing related, but who are the people that actually help you put that many jerseys together and actually supply them? Because you you don't find that many football jerseys and pull them out of a hat. No, I'll tell you, there is this family in Palos Verdes. Uh, Megan Gomez is a young lady. She's 20 years old. She went to Bishop Montgomery High School with my son Patrick. And uh, they started a company called Get, Give, Go, or Get, Give, uh, it's something like that. Okay. Anyway, they collect all of these jerseys, and then they make sure that we get a good percentage of them. And uh, they do things in Nicaragua. They do things in El Salvador. And uh, they are the ones behind this. Vicky and Greg are two of the best people you'd ever want to meet, and their daughter, Megan. And I'll tell you, it's just such a joy to deal with them. In fact, Greg is a homicide detective in Torrance, California, and a super great guy. And his wife, Vicky, is a lovely lady, and Megan is so wonderful, too. So they really, you know, I, I just get to play Santa Claus. They do all the work, as with all the stuff that, Normally we do. It's people behind the scenes that are the ones that are doing it, like Gallagher staging. Joe Gallagher plays a huge part in this one. Ever they have jerseys to pick up, Joe sends a truck out, picks them up, and then stores them for them, stores all those jerseys for us at Gallagher staging. So it's just all these great people. I thank you for helping me to point that out. All right. And now, Phil, uh, let, let's find out. You know, up until this weekend, we had some pretty nice weather to, to go fishing in. Did that translate into good fishing? Oh my God! I, I don't. There's nothing that can stop the bite this year, and I and I can hear you laughing. But I mean, it is phenomenal. I talked to Rick Portolak last night as the sun was setting down there at Punta Colonet, about 120 miles south of Point Loma, on the boys that are down there fishing those yellowtail and fishing that tremendous lingcod bite down there. And Rick and I go back a long time. In fact, back in '85, '86, something like that, I was teaching at Bishop Montgomery High School where my kids went. And I started the Bishop Montgomery High School Fishing Club. And we went with Rick to San Clemente Island. So all these years later, I'm interviewing Rick. And he was telling me, John, that he has never seen schools of yellowtail like they are seeing down there. 18 to 30-pound yellows. Nice. Just as many as you want, cruising all over the reef, biting the yo-yo iron on the 60-pound, biting the uh, uh, on the dropper loop. Just tremendous fishing. You throw on top of that limits of bottom fish. I mean, they had 76 wing caught on the Pacific Queen, and all the other guys that were down there, Rick was nice enough to point this out, all had magnificent days, the Chief and several other guys. So that bite continues very strong, and we continue to see very good signal there at the Coronado Islands on Yellowtail. Boats like the three-quarter day boat San Diego, Ryan Boskin's rig, Booger just keeps doing a great job on that fork down there. It's been really, really excellent. Then you turn your attention out to Cortez Bank, and my God, that bite continues. The tribute was 66 bluefin and 18 yellowtail. The Toronado was out there for 25 bluefin tuna. And, uh, John, I think I saw a post by you today 
just saying, it's January and we're still catching bluefin tuna. It's absolutely mind-boggling. And then you add to it that red crabs are starting to show up. And we've seen red crabs during El Nino's or El Nino-like years before when we have warm water, but I don't remember seeing them in January before. Not that here. certainly is a, an anomaly. That's it's awesome. really getting crazy. Yeah, yeah you we know. don't see them up here, that's for sure. You know, we'll talk right. We'll talk about this later on, but uh, I was on the tribute out there, and uh, uh, the key was fishing light line. The guys that had 25-pound uh, fluorocarbon were getting bit, and we were in horrendous uh, weather conditions. We had five- to six-foot swells. It was raining cats and dogs. It was that 30% chance of rain that we were talking about. Well, that stayed over us all day. The wind was probably blowing at anywhere between, uh, you know, 15 to 20 knots. But the fish just were there, and they kept on biting. I mean, right in the beginning, we had a nice run of fish, and then it was one here, one there, one here. The bait would stay underneath the boat, and the fish were down at about 120 feet. And they'd come on up, and they bit best on uh, fly lining. And then we'd move the boat a little bit, find another group of fish. They'd bite for a little while, and we just ran up and down that bank. And I've got to tell you, the thing is, even though the tribute brought in 66 bluefin, and I think it was about a 31-pound bluefin that won the jackpot, most of the fish were 25 to 30, and we only caught 66 and probably lost twice that many because of bad connections, popping off the line, whatever else it might be. So if we had brought in all the fish that we had uh, had an opportunity to catch, it would have been phenomenal. Now, hey, uh, uh, Phil, uh, last weekend we talked to Captain Dave Bacon, and he was telling us that things up in the Channel Islands and north of us are still running good. Do you have any current reports on what they're doing up there? Yeah, that is excellent up there. Uh, really nice yellowtail fishing going on in the Channel Islands out of Cisco Sport Fishing. The Cobra had a dozen big yellows today. They have some halibut mixed in with that and occasional sea bass, but they're really big, great yellows up there in the Channel Islands. And also some decent wintertime calico bass fishing going on up there around Santa Barbara in that zone. And, and if we drop down to 22nd Street Landing in San Pedro and look there, 67 bass on the twilight trips. So the twilight trips here getting going very, very early in January. The wintertime wow. bass fishing pretty darn good right now. Absolutely, Wendy. I mean, you know, twilight, you normally think, okay, it's June. Let's start twilight fishing. Well, yeah, it's January, and, uh, and these guys are catching some really nice fish. So good fishing. And, and, if, and if, you know, that isn't enough, if the, everything that we've talked about doesn't suggest the ocean is in really good shape, there was a phenomenal day yesterday for gray whales, the People that sit up there at Point Vincente saw 59 gray whales go by Point Vincente <laughs> yesterday. Nice. There were fin whales and orcas mixed in with it. It is really lively on the water these days. Now, hey, Phil, Phil, I heard also that uh, Dana Point had some yellowtail, too. And then uh, um, up over uh, on the CJ with John Fuqua, he got into some yellowtail. Absolutely. Down there, Dana Point, they have had some really nice hits. Down in that neck, which so is Oceanside. They've had the occasional hits on the Yellowtail, and John Fuqua, as usual, on the CJ, doing his fine work up there out of Cisco's. Also, they've had some good stuff. Hey, mentioning Cisco's just for one quick moment. Ron Briggs, who is Liz Vernan's father, he's going in for heart surgery or, or heart tests on Tuesday. So I want to keep him in my thoughts and prayers. He's going to USC for that 
John, I suggested he go to Notre Dame, but he wouldn't. He wouldn't go for that. <laughs> That's a long trip. <laughs> hey, Phil, uh, uh, out of any of the uh, LA landings, the Long Beach landings, are they running any trips over the weekend down to Colonnette to take advantage of the great yellowtail fishing, or even going to try and go back to the banks at all that you know of? Yeah, uh, I know the Toronado's going to give it a shot. He's uh, scheduled to go Friday night to head on out to Cortez Bank. Once again, he had 25 bluefin on his last trip and a lot of big bonita. So he's going to go out there and give it a shot. And it looks to me, as I look at the long-range weather forecast, that we're going to have some really lovely weather. So, yeah, I know you got pounded out there with the weather. It should be a much nicer weather scenario for this weekend. And you got to think, I mean, with the way things are going, that, that bluefin for sure is going to continue out there. And these local yellowtail, they are just going to continue to provide great action from the Channel Islands all the way down to Colonnette and below there. Really fabulous yellowtail fishing this winter. You know, you mentioned the Bonita, and I didn't even see that on the count of the Toronado uh, uh, of the tribute that we were on. They must have had, I'm going to say, 10 or 12 Bonita that were in the mid-teen range. I mean, these were absolutely the biggest bonita I've seen in a few years. You know, we had that run a few years ago of some big bonita that came in, but these bonita were living with the those bluefin tuna, and they were bruisers. They were big boys. You know, I haven't seen all for that 10, 12-pound bonita used to be along our coastline, but this is back, you know, a million years ago. <laughs> <laughs> They're living out on the on the banks right now with those bluefin stand. They're huge. That's just amazing. We used to catch them on try to catch them where that was what we fished ten pound line and you know a ten pound bonita was you know the challenge to get the ten pound bonita in on ten pound line. But now they're seeing back and that's and they're in numbers that are, have been around. So this is a Gosh, it's just amazing what's happening out there. Well, Phil, we haven't even scratched the surface on some of the fishing opportunities we have on out there. So if people want to find out more what's happening here in the Southern California area, get your report. You know, you've got now Michael Ravens giving a great report from San Diego on freshwater, saltwater, all kinds of things to talk about or to read about. How's the best way to go about doing that? John, thank you so much. The best way is to go to www.pforadio.com or check us out at PFO on Facebook. And also our Spanish radio show is Aventuras a la de Libre, and that is every Saturday and Sunday on AM 6, 96 to 7 AM. John, Wendy, Stan, always a pleasure to hear your voices, and I'll be listening to the rest of the show. And to everybody else out there, have a wonderful evening. Hey, Phil, thanks a lot. We look forward to hearing from you again next Sunday night on Ron Real Radio. But better yet, it'd be fun to run into you on the water somewhere, okay? Let's do that. <laughs> All right. Hey, this is Ron Real Radio on AM540, or you can listen to us live at ronrealradio.com. Stay tuned. Coming up next, the Hawaiian Island Fishing Report and the California Inshore Report. But Stan, Wendy, and I, we've got to take a break right now. We'll be back right after these messages. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics. McCoy Line, Spro Products, Gamakatsu Hooks, G. Loomis Fishing Rods, Shimano Products, Ovet Reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal Tackle Store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. 
If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their products. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. And Southern California, we do want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. Stan Vandenberg's with me tonight. So is Wendy's Toshihara. And with us now, it's time for the Hawaiian Island Fishing Report. And the Hawaiian Island Fishing Report is brought to you by Diamond Head Tuna and Champ Sports Fishing. So without further ado, let's go to Captain Mick Diamond. Aloha, Captain Mick. Aloha, aloha. Just uh, wrapping up uh, my mainland trip, uh, going back to Hawaii this week. Can't wait. I'm freezing. Uh, I went down to <laughs> I went fishing in the Gulf of Mexico uh, yesterday and out of Brazaria, Texas, and got some redfish. So that was uh, kind of different, like fishing in the mud hole. We got about a dozen uh, redfish, me and uh, my friend Brent. And uh, so that was kind of cool and uh, really chilly down there. I'm just, I just got back to San Diego. I'm freezing to death and uh, heading to Honolulu midweek. So. Well, hey, Captain Mick, since we're doing. Uh Reports from all around the country here right now. Uh, uh, what were the redfish biting on down there? Um, we were using uh, um, ghost shrimp. Okay. And, uh, um, it's pretty rare. It's, my friend lives right on. Uh, it's got eight acres right on the river. Uh, it's a short run out to the um, uh, Gulf. And um, some nice big yachts in there, like 50-foot class in there. And uh, his boat's uh, just 27. Um, but... Uh, um, it was different, uh, you know, everywhere I go around the world, I like to check it out and if I can get on the water, do it. And, uh, um, like fishing in, uh, chocolate milk is just bizarre, <laughs> but, uh, that's kind of how it is down there. So, um, a new experience and, uh, he lives right on the river. He's got a really sweet house and a couple of kids and, uh, I took Joe Diamond down there with me to visit my oldest daughter. So, um, great holiday and, uh, got to my way around and uh so it's kind of slow in the islands this week uh after the new year taking a break uh um most of the long line boats tied up to taking a break kind of like the old um san diego tuna fleet before christmas so how they used to all come into port but they're doing some maintenance and gearing up uh can't wait to get some warm water and some warm weather and get out on the junior champ this week uh kind of fun we've got a great uh 
migration of humpback whales, so you're always uh, entertained out um, by the coastline. The whales are in on uh, Haleiwa. Speaking of which, uh, we got our first uh, passenger for the Hanapa Jackpot Tournament the last weekend of May. Uh, mm. Captain Larry Heil is going to be his retirement trip. I'm going to dial him in. Uh, Larry was really good to us kids. Uh, he put as many pinheads on the Daily Double as we could fit back in the 70s. And uh, he's had a great career. He taught my boy Joe Diamond to fly, and he just retired from the trolley. And he owned the Channel Clipper and the Coral Sea and the Tradition. And was a great man, um, mentored me. And uh, so we got our first passenger there, and hopefully a spot or two for Rod Real Radio. And, uh, God, it's exciting to go fish a couple days and see if we can get a big old tuna or marlin. Uh, last year there was a grander hooked uh, that um, uh, they lost it uh, uh, right behind the boat. So um, that'd be fun. I want to win that thing before I uh, on right. my buck list to win that uh, jackpot tournament, and, put my name on the trophy. And uh, just for uh, Ron Real Radio listeners and Ron Real Radio staff members, uh, when should we start clearing our calendars for what date? Yeah, last weekend of May, and uh, I'll get all the logistics. I think uh, um, a stay over at uh, around the Disney Resort. It's only about a 30-minute drive into um, uh, Haleiwa, or we can get a VRBO vacation rental for our crew. And if we um, fill up the boat, we'll get another one, too. So everybody <laughs> come. <laughs> all right. Hey, now, what's happening at Diamond Head Tuna? Well, we're getting on a... Uh, our private labeling project uh, this month and next month, and uh, can't wait to send them Diamond Head tuna labels. Uh, uh, we have smoked albacore in a can and uh, and uh, solid white albacore in a can. Super high omega-3, uh, six times the amount as uh, Starkist, and packed in its own juices, no, no water. And uh, so it's going to be an exciting year, and it's a long time coming, like the 14th year so. Um, super excited about that. We can uh, UPS uh, right FedEx it right to your house and um, get your wintertime stock. How big were your bluefin out there? Well, the jackpot bluefin went 31 pounds. Uh, I know the fish that I had was pretty close to 30. I, I brought uh, a scale with me. Uh, most of the fish were well into the 20s. Very, very few small fish. Uh, I know, uh, you know, I, I've got, uh, you know, three bags of uh, of uh, bluefin that I can't believe how much fish I've got. I'm, I'm you know, wow. up with fish again. So, and, and you know, the thing is, as I mentioned before, the number, we lost twice as many fish as we brought in. It's it, I don't know what it is about fish and bluefin, but all of a sudden that mm-hmm. gremlin gets on the boat and, uh, <laughs> you know, to bring in one out of three and still have 66 on the boat. Not a bad deal. Well, pretty good day. Right on. Well, that brings me back to uh, 1974. My first trip on the Noodle Land was in the winter time, and we had white sea bass and yellowtail uh, on a uh, squid that floated in the flat. So it's good to see a wintertime fishery. Wow. Okay. Hey, and again, uh, Diamond Head Tuna, uh, when are you going to start shipping out product, uh, Captain uh, Mick? Um, well, you can catch us on our website, www.diamondheadtuna.com. Check it out there. And then uh, I'm good on uh, 760-500-7094. Anytime. 
All right. Hey, well, we look forward to speaking to you next week. Next week, you will be back in the islands. Yep, I'm uh, taking off the end of the week. So um, I'll be talking to you from Honolulu next weekend. All right, Captain Mick Diamond from Champ Sport Fishing. And Diamond Head Tuna, Captain Mick, thanks a lot for being with us. All right, aloha, mahalo. All right. Hey, great. Hey, uh, JR, uh, didn't hear, uh, do we have Captain James with us yet? All right. Hey, it's now time for the Southern California Inshore Report. Let's find out what's happening on our local waters here, just in the inshore around uh, San Diego and thereabouts. And I want to let you know that California Inshore Report is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now's the time, guys, to go out and get that descending device. And one of the best ones on the market is the Rockley's. So without further ado, let's bring on the fish icon himself, Captain James Nelson. Captain James, how are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing wonderfully, John. How about you? All right. I know last week you were a little bit under the weather, and with that with that schedule you've got, uh, you know, you have no time to not feel good. Not at all, sir. I'll tell you what happens is that uh, it just prolongs it. You know, I got basically the same thing I had a couple of my kids get. They kicked it in three days. It's, it's taken me three weeks. Well, so, uh, I for think... those of you who can't take the time off, if you get it, take the time off. You'll kick it a lot faster. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think uh, Stan, Wendy, and myself, we've all been through that. The kids bring home uh, all kinds of nice germs, and we try to uh, doctor them. And by the time they start feeling good, we've got it. That's right. Yeah, you know, it, it's amazing. I talked to a professional doctor. I asked him, how does how he... he could, uh, see a bunch of sick people and not get sick yourself he said you know we learn when to inhale and when to exhale and i guess us laymen aren't aren't too uh, <laughs> keen on that rhythm pattern that the doctors spend their whole lives learning so. well you know, <laughs> you, know uh, you know captain james us catholics we should know the rhythm method pretty well now so we got to get on with that hey we got to get on with that. Hey, hey, tell us what's happening uh, uh, out there. I mean, uh, we had great weather during the course of the week, and then this weather came in over the weekend. Uh, tell us about the fishing conditions out there. Well, you know, it, it got a little tough. Uh, went out with my buddy Chuck yesterday, and it got a little tough on us. We had to work at it. But uh, a few days prior, I had customers out there, and uh, we didn't have to work at it nearly as much. But uh, it's just the way it goes, you know. I Somehow I'm better pointing at where to cast than I am at actually executing it myself. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we have to say about those who can that do and the rest of us. But, uh, (laughs) you know, it's all about right now, if you're in the bay, just just find the birds. You know, get your binoculars out if you have to. Do whatever you can. Just look for the birds and get on those bait balls. There's so much pinhead and no seam size anchovies. I'm talking one and a half three inches of size anchovies and if you get on those bait balls you'll catch something and maybe a mackerel maybe a lizard fish but at least you'll catch something but if you're just you know working the the normal ridges like we normally would for sand bass and trying to uh set up a drift when there's no wind pre-front no wind type conditions you're going to really battle it out and it's going to it's just going to frustrate everybody on board at least that's what i found now captain yeah go on wendy have you ever tried using the Chum Buddy? <laughs> I do use the Chum Buddy, Wendy. Unfortunately, uh, Chuck and I are pre-fishing for the tournament. That's one of the other things that's that's uh, working against 
when Chuck and I go out is that, uh, you know, we're pre-fished for that Bay Bass tournament. But a few years back, they banned chumming in that tournament. So I'm trying to fish without it. But uh, when I take my guests out, yes, absolutely. I, You know, whatever's left over at the end of a bait trip, when we've got sardines or anchovies left in the bait tank, a lot of guys feed those with pelicans and whatnot. But I don't. I take those, freeze them up. And then uh, throw them in my little chum masher, and those things are wonderful. Yeah, it's John and whole... John and Dan, you guys don't know what the chum buddy is. It's this um, cylinder that you put your bait in, and you, it crushes. It has this little triangle on it, and you um, kind of work it up and down, kind of like a plunger, and it chops all the fish into little itty bitty pieces. It goes through the holes, and it chums up the water. All right, and, and it does, and it just gets the whole food chain. So I've, I've noticed even in deep water, I used to never chum much in deep water, not a topical chum where you've got a bag or something, you know. It's one thing to throw pieces in the water. But even with with that, even if you are in deep water, like in San Diego Bay or fishing those 40-foot ledges or whatever, if you use this thing, you'll find that you'll start attracting the top smelt. You'll start on the little particles, even the anchovies come to it. And then before you know it, you've got the whole food chain just around your boat, and it's it's a wonderful device, especially when you're drift fishing. Yeah, yeah, now, I love it. Now, Captain James, when you find these birds and you find these bait balls, a lot of times you have uh, your plastics on, and you've been you know scratching the bottom. Uh, uh, can you run your plastics through uh, these bait balls and get hit, or is it wise usually to have something set up with a reaction bait like a spinner bait or a hotter body jerk bait or what? John, I'm finding it really doesn't matter. Uh, yesterday for Chuck and I, our, our top uh, our top go-to uh, was the Spro jig. So we were using the little bucktail jig, yeah. um, mostly because if you if you look at those things, folks, when I mean, you tie them on, they you could drop them right straight down below the boat, and they look horizontal. They just take the the shape of a fish that's just sitting horizontally. And uh, that was a good one. Spoons, of course, you know, any kind of spoon. I think yesterday we threw everything from an old haddock to a couple crippled herrings. Uh, you know, I, you know, I like the mega baits, but any, any spoon ripping through those things will work. And what's really nice about our bay fish, unlike our freshwater bass, if they're keying in on a three-inch shad in freshwater. You better throw a bait that looks exactly like that three-inch shad. But you go in our bay, and they may be eating three-inch anchovies, but you can still throw a big old five-inch megabait spoon and catch fish. Oh, yeah. So that's, that's what's fun about them. As, as long as you just get the, that presentation down. But, John, throwing swim baits, yeah, definitely. Swim baits, grubs, everything. It's just a matter of finding those fish. They're really not that picky, not hard to, to catch as much as it's just finding them. Now, what have you heard happening off our uh, our Kelpin uh, down in La Jolla area, uh, Jim? Because I, I noticed there are some of the kayak guys down there. They're still into some bruiser yellowtail. They're still getting yellowtail. I haven't had a lot of trips booked for it. And, you know, I was kind of hoping to get some private trips. Our buddy Dwayne kept sending me pictures saying, you need to get out here. And I was wanting to get out on my own, and that's when I was, you know, decided if i wasn't booked i was just going to stay in bed and kick this cold but uh so it's kind of mean of him to keep sending me pictures while i'm in bed <laughs> shivering but i'll have a talk with him later but good friends but yeah, you know, folks, do it, again it's about finding the birds all right well captain james it looks like we got some great weather coming on up uh for winter if we want to get a hold of you book a trip in the upcoming weeks uh 
you know, use a gift certificate that we might have gotten during Christmas? How's the best way to get a hold of you, get the information, book a trip? Well, here's where I need folks to pay attention. I hear the music, so I'm going to make this fast. But, uh, yeah, get on the website, thefishicon.com. Call me at 619-395-0799. Or here's even better yet. I'm going to throw out a quick little promo. Okay. Book between the week of the 12th and the 17th. If you can go on a half-day trip, I'll give you half price for it. Just for wow. folks who just heard that. All so right. If you're listening to this right now live or you just tuned into a... Uh, a podcast. If you tune in after the seventeenth, forget about it. But, <laughs> but between today and and Saturday, it's half price for anybody who wants to do a quick little half day in the bay. All right, Captain James Nelson. We will talk to you during the week, and look forward to talking to you again next Sunday night on Ron Real Radio. Thanks for being with us, Captain James. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys, and have a good week. And I'll let you know if who calls. All right. <laughs> hey, we, uh, we're going to take a 6 o'clock break right now. There's still more Rod Real Radio to come. Coming up at 6.05, Shane McAtee. He is the host of Stoked on Fishing. We're going to find out how do you get into this business and what are some of the pitfalls and what are some of the rewarding uh, occasions that you have. We'll have it all right here, but first, it's a commercial break. This is Stan, Wendy, and John. You're listening to Rod Real Radio on AM540 or rodreelradio.com. We'll be right back. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. When you're out fishing this year, there's two ways to be a hero. You can help save lives by making sure everyone on your boat wears a life jacket. And with the drought conditions, you can help save water. Because every drop we save is another drop out there for us and our fish. So be a hero, on the water and off. 
There's lots of ways to conserve, and there are lots of life jackets designed especially for anglers. To learn more about being a hero, take your hero quiz at BoatCalifornia.com. A message from the California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fish at Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. And we want to welcome you back to Rod Real Radio. Hey, you just heard that announcement from Cedrus Island Adv- Outdoor Adventures. Give them a call, 619-793-5419. And if you give them a call and you book now, you're going to save $100 off the 2015 price. But this is only for two weeks. So go on over to Cedrus Outdoor Adventures Go out for a really great adventure because I've got to tell you, they've got fishing over there that you've probably not seen, for the most of us, anywhere else in the world. But Sedros Outdoor Adventures. Hey, listen, talking about going fishing and seeing some fishing like you're going to find nowhere else, our next guest has done it. He is the host and the executive producer on Stoked On Fishing. Really a pleasure to have him. He wasn't on with us last week because... He was suffering from a vocal malfunction, but he's here tonight, <laughs> Mr. Shane McAtee. Shay, welcome to Rod Real Radio. Wow, what a what an intro, John! Thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? <laughs> yeah, hey, up, Shay. Guys? Hi, Wendy. Uh, hey, Shay. You know, so many people out here are you know are familiar with Stoked on, on Fishing. They they watch it religiously. They watch the reruns again, over and over again. They, you know, uh, everyone thinks you have uh, absolutely the dream job. It had to start somewhere. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about how'd you get involved in the business and how'd you get to you know being where you are right now, where you're, you know, you're actually doing a show. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's that's one thing. It definitely does not happen overnight. Um, you know, I think when you start your business. And it goes for any industry. There's a lot of lead up time uh, that goes into that, and that means years of lead up and going into it and uh, learning the whole process of what goes into start a business. And um, I just fell in love with you know the whole filming aspect and like reliving the trip after you took it. And you know I'm not I, I, you would always take photos of your vacations and trips. But uh, I took a trip when I was 16 years old to Costa Rica with a few friends, and uh, I had purchased a really, really old video camera back in the days. And, um, you know, a couple weeks after we got home, everyone was looking through their photos and looking through their photos, and I had kind of plugged in the uh, RCA cables to the TV and just saw the reaction of what video did with the whole emotions and feelings and just you really got to relive your vacation. And uh, that hit me from there on out, not only, A, that I, I love to travel at an early age, but, B, that I really like the whole video aspect and filming 
uh, and just making other people happy once they saw the video. Of, uh, you know, a lot of memories that you kind of forget off those trips. Um, if you film it, you can actually have it on uh, film and stuff like that. So that's what how I got involved in the whole picking up a video camera in the first place was just taking a trip a long, long time ago, filming it, seeing the reaction out of, uh, you know, my friends and family afterwards. And then for me, when I was looking at it online and stuff and uh, editing it, it, uh, like I said, it's just you re- really relive the trip, and that, that pretty much started the whole passion for the film industry. Now, Shay, you you have a connection to one of the most iconic surfing productions that has ever been made, The Endless Summer. And in yeah, yeah. a way, was that again something that said, "Man, uh, this is something I want to do." That that's it. that leads into who I went down there with. I went down there with uh, Robert August, which was one of the main stars in Endless Summer, and his son. And uh, that pretty much sewed it up for me. That uh, not only a did I love Costa Rica, but I love fishing. I love surfing, and uh, I was fortunate enough to kind of work uh, with Robert and uh, some of his crew and Sam, and we had started a uh, production company called Endless Fun Productions. And uh, we were doing a lot of freelancing for different things because uh, the multimedia and all the, you know, the, um, a lot of the video production stuff started to take off about 10 years ago. And uh, we had started that company, and then we started to do a couple of surf films. Fortunate enough to travel around the world with Robert and film all these really cool locations and places no one's ever been before. And it really opened up my eyes to, uh, again, travel and, uh, you know, learning a lot in the film industry and kind of how to put movies together. Not necessarily TV yet, but, you know, commercials and movies and spending, you know, almost a year on a project. Um, And that kind of got me even more into the whole filming aspect. You know, well, how about yourself, though? How did you develop this passion for fishing that you have and then taking this experience as a photojournalist and combining the two together? Oh, I can give you a little insight into that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, a lot of people don't know <laughs> that, that this man is a stick. You know, he he worked on the uh, in this fleet in San Diego. He was hired by Danny Sansom back when, worked on the angler with with Dan, and and he knows the ocean, and he knows how to fish. He understands the big fish. He understands swim baits. He understands the bass fishing side and the saltwater side. I just happened to be able to call a man friend and, and been able to work with him a little bit, but people don't know how good a fisherman Shea McEntee actually is. I'll stay, thank you, Stan. I'll take that very much coming from you, my friend. <laughs> oh, you are. You're a good fisherman, my friend. <laughs> I will start off. I'm just blessed to be able to be a part. You know, being on the other side of the camera, you know, uh, a lot of times I guess it is that you look at it and you know what to look for and what to do and the questions yeah. to ask and how to set everything on up. Tell us about some of your first productions. Uh, where'd you go and what were they like? Are we talking about on the surf side or on uh, when I when I got my big break on the fishing side of things? I th- I, let's try the fishing side since this is a fishing show, even though sometimes people listen to it and they go, what? <laughs> well, yeah, no problem. <laughs> no problem. Well, I would definitely start with uh, inside sport fishing. After, um, you know, the recession and everything happened in 2008, 9, and 10, uh, unfortunately, Endless Fun Productions um, went down the tube. But with that, I learned a lot on business and uh, how I was going to go about it the second time around. So um, that was the start of it. Um, and then I remember walking the Fred Hall show 
um, after, you know, I did that surf productions, I said, you know what, I'm going to try my other passion, and that was fishing. And I already knew how to um, edit and kind of put things together due to the movie side of stuff. And uh, I really wanted to do a fishing show. And, uh, I, you know, I remember walking around the Fred Hall show, a horrible, horrible media kit and a horrible promotion and just a horrible everything. <laughs> and fortunately, you know, uh, Michael had kind of seen me walking around and uh, I, I kind of, you know, he asked me, what in the world are you doing, kid? And I kind of let him know what I was doing and he kind of gave me one of those things like, hey, I'll take a look at your stuff and if it's worthy, I'll give you a phone call and, you know, make a long story short. Uh, he called me within a week. I had lunch with him, and the next thing you know, I was uh, starting to produce 13 shows for him. And uh, that, hands down, was you know the intro to really my big break as far as getting the whole uh, fishing and the TV side thing going. Because the movie thing was great, but it just it just takes so long to put something together, and then you just really know how it's not going to go. TV is pretty instant. You know, you take these trips and you go fishing and stuff, and then you you have a chance to put it together quickly and then and then put it out. But Michael really gave my first step, hands down. I got to give him props on that for letting me allow to do my thing, you know, and, and produce 13 shows and just throw them out on the air, um, you know, and then jump on trips and go around the world. Uh, he just kind of just let me go out and do my own thing. So I, I definitely say that was my big break. The kind of uh, you know, fishing and, and producing stuff. And then, and then finally, going out on your own or with, or with the help of some other uh, friends that you may want to talk oh, yeah. about. What uh, what what launched uh, stoked on fishing. Well, there was there's a few people. Um, you know, I'll, I'll throw my dad in there. I'll throw Stan Vandenberg in there. I'll throw Andrew Pereira in there, um, as well as some others that I'm not necessarily mentioning. I'm forgetting, but there's you know when it comes to time, there's major influences in your life. And um, you know, I've always been an entrepreneur my whole life, and I've always wanted to do my own thing, like some people out there. And um, you know, it's, it was a business decision, and um, I kind of saw a window and I had some people take me under their wing and say, Hey, let's go do this. And, uh, I remember sitting with my dad for a full year and doing a business plan and work with him every single Tuesday. We would work on, okay, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? And then you need some other players in the mix, you know, like Stan kind of walking me into, uh, some meetings, you know, that's not easy in the fishing industry to, uh, get sponsorship at all. And you really need to have some, uh, some influential people in your life to kind of help you out and walk this road and kind of walk you into these meetings. And then you have to have some business sense. It really takes some team players to get anything started. And I was very, very fortunate to have that uh, once I left Inside Sport Fishing. Wow. Now, you know, to get a show going, I mean, it isn't <clears> – I guess it used to be that uh, you could pick up a Super 8 camera and you could go out there and edit it and add some uh, nice guitar riffs to it and away you go. <laughs> uh, you know, what – the products that people are looking at are probably even demanding to just take a lot more sophistication about that. And tell us a little bit about what it takes to, to produce a show. Wow. I could go on and on for about that one, John. <laughs> that, that, that could go. That's a huge question right there. Um, it takes a lot. It, it, first of all, it takes uh, a personality, and you have to have a positive attitude every single where you go. Um, you've got to bring your spark on every little trip, I don't care if you have negative things happen. You just got to be able to roll with the punches and just let things happen. And I've always told people, real or fishing shows are the ultimate reality show because if the fish don't bite or you just have horrible weather, you don't have a fishing show, and that's a fact. And just there's no way it's going to happen. And there's nothing produced about fishing. You can't tell a fish when to bite. 
You can't tell people <laughs> to react the way they react. And uh, that's kind of how I came up with my whole uh, name of the show, I'm Stoked on Fishing, was growing up in the fishing industry and seeing how people get when they're fishing. And it just, people are so happy when they're on the water and they do things that they never do at home or on land or in the office or when they're working. Um, they just It's just a real free feeling and the excitement uh, about it. It just kind of makes the show happen. And I'd love to sit here and tell you that I have a recipe for all my shows uh, every single time I go out and film something. But I've got a game plan, of course. But when I come back and edit it, I almost let the, the vacation or the show uh, edit itself on your highs and lows and, and just what happens with the wide open bite or not wide open bite or some intel on some reels or rods or how-to stuff. So it's kind of, you just kind of wing it once you get, get it back into the editing bay and, you know, it kind of comes out sometimes the right way and sometimes it doesn't. But uh, we have fun doing it regardless. Well, you know, i got to hey, give... Shay. Go ahead, Wendy. Yeah. Hey, Shay. Um, when you guys do your shows, I don't have cable. I don't get to watch, you know, all the fishing shows that are on TV. Is there a yep. way that somebody who doesn't have cable can buy your videos or uh, watch it online? Or yes, how could somebody absolutely. see your videos otherwise? Um, Thank you for asking that question, Wendy. We are actually in the process of flip-flopping our entire website as we speak. We've been doing it since probably a month and a half ago. And if anyone's ever tried their own website before, it's not the easiest thing to just turn around quickly. So unfortunately, all of our episodes are offline right now. But um, when it's back up within the next, I'd say, two to maybe three weeks, we're trying to get it up before our brand-new shows come out on February 7th. And that'll have close to 35, maybe 40 episodes that I've done so far. And then we're going to have the process to where you can actually download the whole 99-cent download if you want to to your tablet or your phone or, or something like that. So that'll be the fastest awesome. way. Uh, yeah, we're not quite doing the DVD thing yet. Um, we just haven't wanted to bite on that just yet. There's a lot of work that goes into it. I know that because my all my surf films used to be DVDs. Um, it's just not the future, but we're playing that by year. But main focus now, uh, like for your question, Wendy, was definitely the website. And it should be full year. It's going to be insane, really, really insane. You can also buy and purchase stuff. We'll have all of our uh, trips up there, photos of all of our trips. And uh, that would be the fastest way that you could see any of our footage online. All right, Stan, Wendy, and I, we're talking with Shay McAtee. He is the host and executive producer for Stoked on Fish. And, uh, Shay, can you stay with us a little bit longer? And oh, yeah, you ta- have to. Yeah, sure. Talk, to, sure. talk a little more about, about fish. That's great. <laughs> I know you're hearing a guitar rift. We're not We're not going into the surf segment of the uh, show. We're going into the commercials. So this is Rod Real Radio on AM540 or RodnReelRadio.com. Stay tuned. More of Shay McAtee, Stan and Wendy before. But we got to take a message. we got to go and uh, take some messages there messages right now. We'll be back in just a few moments. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. 
H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter-day, full- and multi-day trips, and a complete... You can also follow us on Facebook and at our webpage at ChiefSportFishing.com. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics, McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products. Anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. Huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal Tackle Store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. Hi, my name is Dennis Green, and I always love to talk about fishing. When I want the real information, I go to Rod and Reel Radio. Those guys are who I thought they were. And welcome back to Rod Real Radio. Our special guest tonight is Shane McAtee. He is the host and executive producer for Stoked On Fishing. Before we get back to Shane, we just want to congratulate Mr. Paul Leader from Elkhorn Ford. He has been nominated as one of the top 
four dealers in the entire United well States. Done. Yeah, wow. Paul will be going up to San Francisco competing with the other nominees here in a week or so. But just to be nominated, quite an honor. We also want to congratulate uh, uh, Elkhorn Ford uh, for their grand opening. Uh, they had a ceremony last uh, Thursday night over there. And the highlight of the ceremony was bringing in Tony Gwynn's wife and his son to come in and to unveil the plaque in honor of Tony Gwynn. So right when you come into Elkhorn Ford, right on the... Uh Tony Gwynn. So uh, remember for price service selection, whether you go online or go to Broadway and Main Street, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. Hey, let's get back with uh, Shay McAtee. Shay, uh, uh, stoked on fishing. Yeah, you know, you have many, many shows that are in the can, but are there, is there a show that just kind of goes, you know, I wish they were all like that? <laughs> um, I don't. I'd love to try. I, I would, but it seems like every single one of them has it has its own spin, and it's it's just absolutely like really special. Um, and I can't describe each and every one of them, but um, there's numerous ones that. It, it honestly just seems like every single one. There's some really awesome event that happens, or something crazy, or. And, again, that's what I talked about earlier. You can't script a fish to do something or someone to do something. It just kind of all happens, and that's all right, let the, me that's break what's so fun here. about it. Stan <laughs> knows about that, what I'm talking about a little bit. <laughs> I am blessed to, to call this man friend. Uh, and from the, I met him uh, the first time at the Heavyweight Bass Classic in a driving rainstorm at O'Dark 30 in the morning <laughs> when I got to be the uh, co-host of uh, the heavyweight bass classic with byron velvick and i and yep. he was the film crew uh, and uh i was uh, i did some lead in that we were doing some underneath a tin roof there was raining cats and dogs uh, yep. and we had a blast doing that film work and then he was going to go on and do his his thing he goes i gotta put 13 or 26 things in a can i want to make my own show and i was just fortunate to be there and we started talking and i got to do i've been able to do a lot of work with shay uh, and we have had a blast i gotta tell you it's been fun 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 uh, but yeah uh, and like you said stan you know it's something you just can't plan things and we just have we have a good old time every time we go out with your crew and every show's different you know i mean from the bass fishing to the long range fishing to the offshore fishing you just it's just uh, it's good times all the way around well, the key to his success, and I'll give him this all because, you know, the, so many of the shows become an advertisement for whatever's out there. Uh, and when we got to go, uh, I get to go fishing with him, and we've had a, a, a number of trips together. You know, the key is he doesn't film, you know, I'm, I'm not the star of the show. He's really not the star of the show. Fishing is the star of Stoked yep. on Fishing. And he films... Yep a show that shows fishermen fishing and having a good time doing it. And, and I've got to give him kudos because when, he, when his show hit the, the deck running, it went from, you know, 20, what, 2,000 people watched it one week, and three months later it's the number one fishing show in the western United States. On, uh, he's, you've done just a phenomenal job of capturing what 
fishing is. And I got to give you credit, you. buddy. It, it's been fun to watch the growth, you know, because I've happened to be, like I said, blessed to be a little part of it. Um, and we talk all the time. We're we're oh, always yeah. oh, back yeah. and forth. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, uh, I grew up watching fishing shows. I mean, I think we all did. And I've watched hundreds of them, and I've loved hundreds of them. Um, I always dreamed of having my own fishing show um, when I was little. And then, uh, you know, when you get a little bit older, you, you, today is all about being different and trying different things. And that's kind of what I wanted to throw into my show is just, let's just be different. You know, I don't want to be the host and the star. Um, I guess I'm kind of forced into it because it's my show. But I just, <laughs> yeah. I'm a filler. <laughs> I'm not the guy you're going to see 24-7. Some shows you won't even see me. Um, like Stan said, it is about fishing, and that's where I, I came up with my name, Stoked on Fishing. It's not just Stoked, you know, it's not Shea McEntee that you're going to be uh, seeing 24-7. It's the fishermen, the fish, the captains, the deckhands. I try to get as many people in the mix and as many personalities in the mix as I can instead of just, you know, one guy telling you this, telling you that, telling you this, telling you that. And I think that's what's really, really helped is having multiple personalities uh, it kind of really mixes up the show and keeps it fresh from uh, week to week. Now, we want to also let people know, you know, we're, Stan's talking about your start, and this is just this is not just a freshwater fishing show. This is a show that now takes you to all places around the world and addresses the fishing in that particular part of the world. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's not just the fishing. Like, you'll see this, this Panama-Brazil trip, there was some real amazing culture. Like, I really try to grasp some culture uh, at some of these spots that have it. Um, I don't care whether it's, you know, the people or cooking or the eating or the surf or the golf course or the spa or whatever. I'm, you know, there's more to it. Don't get me wrong. I love the fishing 110%, but there is a lot more to these locations than just the fishing uh, that goes on there. And that's another thing I, I try to represent a little bit in the show, whether it's horseback riding or, you know, mountain climbing or whatever, or zip lining through a forest. Um, that's another thing I try to add in a little bit, again, to keep it fresh and just mix it up a little bit. Well, tell us now, right now uh, I've seen a lot of promotion for the, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to believe this is the first show that's coming on out in the uh, new season. Uh, he took a trip to Panama. And then I think yeah. you also had a trip uh, uh, that you took to uh, Brazil. So tell us a little bit about those. You know, t give us some teasers on that, would you please? Sure, sure. Yeah, um, I've got a, a lot of stuff that I uh, didn't actually air uh, this this last 13. You know, once you get into editing, you realize that, oh, wow, that's going to be more than just one show. Um, so I've got a lot of great stuff in the can already. Uh, that's coming up in these next 13, and one of them is going to be uh, from Gonzaga Bay in the East Cape, uh, or not East Cape, but it's in New Mexico, that was phenomenal when we towed some uh, boats down there. But um, we also just took this Panama and uh, Brazil trip that was one of those bucket list trips, and I have to, I don't know if any of those guys are listening now, but I have to thank the guys and gals who came on board that trip because the standos, if you don't have anybody show for your charter, you don't have to. Charter. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it's good to have some good fishermen with you too <laughs> yeah no that helps that helps to come back with some photos and you know video of the trip and stuff but um we basically uh again it all started at the fred hall show um we got you know I, a bucket list trip with me was to go to the amazon and do that peacock bass fishing and i've seen it on tv and the internet and i, I mean i'm a bass fisherman at heart i love calico bass fishing too 
And I was like, oh, my gosh, if we can pull that off. And uh, so we went and we talked to Acute Angling. Uh, we got, you know, turned on to them through another friend that went with them before and uh, went and spoke to them. He gave us the whole rundown on, you know, this could be this one week was one of his tougher weeks to fill up because it was so close to Christmas. But he said, hey, I can give you a little bit of a break on it. And you think you can fill it with at least, you know, eight or nine people. We can make this happen. And, I mean, I put the word out, and it, within, I, I, honestly, a couple of weeks, I had people jumping in saying, I've been waiting to do this trip. It's a bucket list trip. What do I need to do? And um, so, thank God everyone signed up on it because, you know, that was our Stoked on Fishing first charter out of the country. Mm-hmm. You know, we do Stoked on Fishing charters here and stuff, um, but to, to have it out of the country and so f- just long gone in the middle of nowhere was a real roll of the dice. So I really got to thank, uh, you know, Andrew Pereira for setting that up, um, along with, uh, I think it was uh, Chris Atkins at CentralAmericaFishing.com, and then the acute angling guys uh, really, really set us up and made everything comfortable. You know, when you fly into somewhere new, you've never been, the worst feeling in the world is showing up and not having anyone there to greet you. That is the worst <laughs> feeling. I don't care where you go. We've all been through there. We've all done that. But... Everywhere we went, uh, every all the guys were there in place with the sign "Stoked on Fishing Group." They grabbed our luggage and then just took us off into this in the middle of nowhere. Uh, but actually, when I was on Stan's trip, I didn't even know. But Andrew had set up we were going to Panama City first, and we decided to stay in Panama for five days. And fortunately, we got to go see the Panama Canal, and we got to see all kinds of real cultural stuff that we filmed um, leading into the whole Brazil trip. So I didn't even know about the Panama thing going to happen, but next thing I know, I'm uh, hanging out at Panama Big Game Fishing Club. You know, we're catching 500-pound black marlin. We only had a couple of days to fish. Um, some big sailfish um, has our chance at some Kubera snapper, and then next thing you know, we're out of there um, and then on our way to Brazil. And um, we took a short flight um, into the Amazon, and I'm, I'm filming all of this in this little concrete strip in this giant green area. And then uh, we actually started fishing that afternoon, and um, it's just, wow, oh, my gosh, holy cow. It's just, it is what it looks like on television, and it's just one of those dream come true, bucket list type fishing trips. And then when you actually hook into your first peacock, it's... What's that? Did Dennis and Eddie get to go to Panama with you? No, 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 no. We were the only people that, it was Bettina, um, Andrew, my brother and I were the only ones that went to uh, Panama. Cool. Um, and then pretty much everyone met us in Brazil uh, in the airport, and then we all jumped on the on the boat together. Um, and what that was just amazing. I can't wait to. Uh, I just started getting into the footage now, and it's it's uh, it's going to be quite exciting to see it on TV. I can guarantee it. So it's it sounds like. Do you find most of the people when you go to locations, uh, other than the ones that you're familiar with here locally? Uh, uh, are usually uh, pretty helpful and want to do uh, whatever they can to help you make uh, your production successful? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And that, that that's a vice versa thing. You know, you, it's a real, again, I talk about teamwork that goes for when you take these trips. It's not you just go and take these trips and take advantage of them and, and, and have fun. And, you know, it's really a team effort to where what can we do on our end, you know, it's and then what can, they can do on their end. And you really, on both sides, you really want to make it the best experience. And again, not only for us, but for my the people who are on the charter as well. That was my biggest concern was, oh my gosh, okay, this isn't, it's not a cheap trip to go down there. Mm-hmm. You really want these people 
again, not only you want to make a great fishing show, but you really want the people on the trip to have a great time. And thank, thank God we had great weather, great fishing, and a great group of people. And everyone was just happy as could be. And uh, we've already got half the group signing up for next year, even more than that. So um, that's a sign that the trip went incredible and everyone had a really good time. Now, Shay, where can people see Stoked on Fishing that uh, maybe uh, haven't uh, haven't really had access or uh, have never thought about watching the show? Yeah, Wendy brought that up earlier, and I really thank her for uh, bringing that up. Again, um, I feel horrible right now. I'd love to sit here and plug our website, but uh, it's under reconstruction right now. But that would be you either hit Fox Sports West, uh, if you have that on your cable guide, um, you can just check in the Stoked on Fishing, and we air four times a week. We air, uh, you know, Saturday mornings, Sunday mornings, on Tuesdays a rerun, and then Saturday mornings another rerun, and the new show hits. But um, the website, like I said, should be up and uh, ready in the next two to three weeks max, and all of our episodes will be on StokedOnFishing.com. Um, if you missed the first season, the entire first season will be up there. Um, in fact, if you wanted to see stuff right now, you can go to our Stoked on Fishing YouTube channel, and I think I've got about 27 episodes up there that we're waiting to in, you know, incorporate into the website once the website frame and the whole thing is done. So most of Do you my have stuff any thoughts? Is, um, pardon Do you me, have honey? any thoughts on, on an app? On an app? that We're talking about that. There's a lot we have to do still. We're only a year and a half into this. And everything is moving really fast, but yes, right, that is on the list, time. <laughs> well, Shay, our, our time here is moving fast, too. Uh, just quickly, yeah. before we let you go, you can't do this without sponsors. And uh, who are There's the people no that have been supporting you? Well, I have to give a major props to the people who came in right off the bat. Um, that was Abbott Reels, uh, Davies Locker, Onyx Personal Flotation Device, Simrad Electronics, Hurricane Sport Fishing, Spotlight Resorts. Um, and now we're working with Soft Steel Premium Monofilament, which is an incredible fishing line that I'm uh, using now. And then we just have signed with Okuma, which is like uh, a big feather in our cap because it's freshwater and saltwater. And uh, I can't, you know, thank them enough for jumping on board with us and really looking forward to uh, moving forward with them. And uh, Simrad and all of our current sponsors uh, moving into the Fred Hall Show in the second season. I think Okuma is going to do nothing but great with you guys because you know you've got both the bass fishing the freshwater trout fishing fly and saltwater fishing everything and john bretta and mark rogers have done a great job of moving that company forward so yes they have kudos to you buddy that's going to be the 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 best thing that's happened to you well just warming up just warming up here uh, you know uh uh, thank you for being with us and uh as you mentioned you'll probably be at the fred hall show in long beach and so yes, hopefully sir. we'll have a chance to stop by and say hello to you. Please do. Please do. Thank you so much, you guys, for having me on. I really, really appreciate it. All right. Host and executive producer of Stoked on Fishing, uh, Shay McEntee. Shay, thanks a lot. We look forward to seeing you. And who knows, maybe even putting a show or two together for you. I know Stan has that in mind right now. <laughs> I'm sure he does. <laughs> well, I'm sure he does. Hey, we continue to talk every other every other day here, so it's it's pretty normal yeah. for us. All right. Hey, this is uh, Rod Real Radio on AM five forty and RodRealRadio.com. Stay tuned. Still more Rod Real Radio to come. We got to take a break right now. We'll be back after these messages.
Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey, bass fishermen, who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the bass boat program that is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262, or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for Bass Boat Insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. I am a heroic angler. I can bait a hook with my eyes closed, cast to a spot the size of a dime, and reel in the biggest monsters of the depths. And not only do I make sure everyone on my boat wears a life jacket, I make sure we're saving water. Because every drop we save means more water for our fish. And there's nothing I wouldn't do for a fish, except kiss one. Well, there was that one time, but I don't kiss and tell. Take your hero quiz at BoatCalifornia.com. A message from the California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. And we do want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. Wendy Toshihara is with us tonight. Stan Vandenberg's here. I'm your host, Hopalong John Cassidy. And, you know, Stan and I, we had a chance to go out and do a little fishing. Now, Stan's out, you know, a little bit more than I am, but I've got to tell you, we both were on remarkable trips and had remarkable days on the water. And, Stan, well, why don't you start you were, off? I was going to say, you, you and Wendy were just killing me <laughs> Week when you're well, I wanted to go when my daughter said that she she actually was going to be out of town this week. She got her dates mixed up, and I could have gone. Oh, rats. Oh, <laughs> Wendy. Man, I kept that spot open to you until uh, uh, till Friday, and uh, I know Mike Pritchard and, and the crew of the Tribute, they were looking forward to seeing you over there, and we're just going to have to do it again. I've, I've got to tell you, after the results of this weekend's trip, I got to just uh, for you people that weren't listening earlier. I uh, had a chance to go aboard the tribute at a C fourth landing on a day and a half. Took us down to the Cortez Bank. Uh, they had uh, the week before they had had nine fishermen go on out and they caught twenty three uh, bluefin and uh, oh I think they had thirty four yellowtail. So they thought. It was um, maybe worth going out there again. So we had Mike Pritchard on the show on Sunday. Said, hey, we're going to go on out. We teased a little bit. And we said, you know, fishing bluefin tuna in January, we got to do it. When's when's the chance that we're going to be able to do it again, number one? Number two, for myself personally, I won't be able to jump aboard a boat for a a few weeks in order to do that because with 
personal uh, appointments coming on up, and then you've got the, the Fred Hall shows. Who knows when we're actually going to be on the water again? Well, called up on uh, Monday, and I said, hey, Mike, uh, you know, we can go and put us, uh, aside a, um, a space for Wendy. And Mike goes, uh, John, the boat is sold out. <laughs> but I would put a spot aside for you and uh, Wendy. I was saving one for you. So we, um, Wendy, unfortunately, she said couldn't make it, went on out with uh, the tribute, went out to the Cortez Bank on a day and a half. The weather was supposed to be pretty good. We had been watching the weather. Well, you know what? We wish we were weathermen here in Southern California to be as wrong as <laughs> often as they are and to get paid with what they get paid. There was a 30% chance of rain, and... <laughs> That 30% was on top of us from about 8 o'clock in the morning until we got off the boat at uh, 5.45 this morning, Sunday morning. We were in, uh, I wouldn't want to say pouring rain, but it was raining pretty good to soak you to the bone. The wind was blowing at about 15 to 20 knots. There was a 4 to 5 foot surge on the sea, and the way to catch these fish was to get on top of them and to drift with them which means you're not under power and you're bouncing around like a cork in a barrel. But I've well, got you know, I don't mind the rain. It's when you get the wind. Oh. That's what makes it really difficult. I well, would have been chumming out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got to tell you, there are still bluefin and yellowfin and the biggest bonita you'd ever want to see all along that bank. For the entire... 10 hours that we were out there, maybe 11, we were constantly on top of fish. And we were constantly picking up fish. Now, there'd be times that maybe three or four or five rods would be hooked up. Maybe times when one was hooked up. But there always seemed to be a time that there was a fresh one on. And then do, you happen to know the, do you happen to know the water temperature that you guys yeah, were in? Yeah, we were fishing in 64-degree water if you can believe wow. that, out there wow. on the bank. That's and, amazing. And part of our strategy was there was some 67-degree water that was coming up about eight miles to the south of us. And that wow. if, we did, if we didn't find the fish on the bank, we'd go out and we'd try and hit that warm spot. Well, Did you say, have to meter any big fish? You know, it, it's tough to tell what you're metering because there are yellowtail going underneath you. There are obviously tuna going underneath you. And then at some of the lower depths, you're seeing fish and you're, you're thinking that they're probably bottom fish or cod, which we can't go out and catch right now because that water depth is anywhere that we're fishing in is, is 130 feet to 230 feet, somewhere in that area. Uh-huh. But to give you a final result, the real key was fishing extremely light fluorocarbon leaders. We were fishing 15-pound test. A lot of the guys didn't bring 15 pounds, so they had to fish with 20, 25, 30-pound fluorocarbon because the fish were in the the 20 to 30-pound range. Nice grade of fish. But the guys that brought the fluorocarbon leader 15-pound test seemed to get bit more often. Now, our total for the whole day was 66 bluefin, and we had a mess of yellowtail. But I've got to tell you, we probably, if we had brought in all the fish that were hooked up, we 
easily would have had 200 fish. It was wow. incredible <coughs> the number of fish that were lost. But then at the same time, the fish that were coming in were really great. Now, the tribute was planning that this was going to be their last trip to the bank and that they'd start their, uh, their regular annual trips down to Colinette. But I think they're going to put on one more trip during the middle <laughs> of the week and maybe one more next weekend. So if you're interested in going out and catching some phenomenal bluefin, you might want to get a hold of the tribute at Seaforth Landing. And I want to thank Mike Pritchard and his crew. They did an excellent job because with 33 people aboard the boat there, always a chance of tangles. The guys and gals that were on the boat, though, did a great job listening to the crew. The number of fish were lost because of sawed-off and tangles and things like that. Yeah, that's going to happen, but it was really nominal. So great crew, great platform to fish from, the old Polaris 3, and just incredible fishing. Yeah, what, for this one more of, question. Yeah. What, what, how was your bait? What size bait did you have and what size hooks were you using? We had and a mix- what did you have for bait? We had a mixture of anchovies and sardines. We chose to use the sardines. We were trying to use as small a hook as possible. So try to go out there and fish with a one-aught, a one, or even a number two-aught. Um, I liked using the circle hook because with that light of line, when using the circle hook, you catch the fish in the corner of the mouth, and you don't have that light line close to the business end of the fish where you have a chance of uh, of getting it a line worn. But again, we did lose lose a lot of fish because of the fact that we were using light line, or a lot of guys were too exper- inexperienced, didn't know how to set their drags or whatever. Now, Stan, you were on a pretty phenomenal trip yourself. Why don't well, you tell us about that? Yeah, I just I couldn't go with you guys because I had a tournament coming up here, and I had to get up to Casitas and. Uh, the week before there was a tournament up there, it was one, <laughs> I was drawn last out, and I watched them fish the area uh, that I wanted to go to. Although it wasn't my, the spot that I wanted, but there were too many boats in the area for me to get into where I really needed to. But I watched the guys weigh 20, 2690 for, uh, for almost 27 pounds for five fish. And these fish are moving deep and moving around a lot, and they're they're chasing shad. So... We had a tournament this last weekend, and I went up there and ended up uh, looking around a little bit more. Um, fishing is either you get them or you don't. I mean, especially up at Casitas right now, it's not, nicknames the Dead Sea. But we had the ABA tournament up there, and uh, uh, the fishing has been pretty good. I mean, it, if you can get on them, the, the trick is to get on them deep and, and stay slow. I mean, it's old-style fishing. Uh, it's deep water fishing. Uh, if you're out there shaking it too much, they don't want it. You got to do the slow drag and and just be methodical with your presentation and and understand what the what you're fishing is is phenomenally important uh, and how to fish it the correct way because you can get guys that'll move into an area or move on to some structure and not know what they're doing. You move in behind them and you can pick off the fish that they left, which is a good thing for me actually, but. Uh, it's an, an old style that we had good fishing for, uh, you know, you have to have good weight if you're going to weigh in at Casitas nowadays. Uh, third place was Matt Newman and Brian Evans with 19 and, and mm-hmm. some change for their five fish. Uh, Larry Elsher and his son, Eric Elsher, came in with 20 pounds and a little bit of change on that for second place. And 
Stan Vanderberg and Ken Vanderberg came in with 25 pounds uh, even on a sack with a six-pound big fish and took the whole thing down. Wow, 25 pounds. 25-pound bag. Wow, and and not on the swim bait, huh? No, 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 there was no swim bait. I was bottom scratching, but I had done a little homework the week before, (laughs) watching the fish move in underneath. Uh, where where the fish were moving in and out of areas, and and it, it, I kind of went back to old school. Uh, actually, jig fishing is no this is no secret. I told the guys when I was using a jig or a Texas rig worm, but fishing very deep. I was looking at, I was sitting in 30 feet, thrown into 60 feet. Um, this is going to change in the next few weeks as the fish move up with the little warmer water we've got coming, the warmer weather we're going to be having. If it rains, it's going to change. And if you're if you're fishing tournaments until it rains heavily, uh, you can kind of locate your fish and go back and find those same fish. They don't move. I mean, I got <laughs> I got fish all day long. It was a slow bite, but I was a slow pick. Fifteen minutes before weigh-in, I got my biggest fish of the tournament, but I was sitting at 37 thrown out. So um, I pretty much had a, a, a milk run I went on, and, and I was fortunate that the fish were wanting to play that day because <laughs> I've wow. been up there enough where they didn't. But but that's just the professional tournaments and, and the fishing that you go out there and play around in. But it's fun. I love the, the game, and I love the sport. And I, mean, I actually was thinking about you guys going, Oh. Man, oh, man, I'd love to catch a bluefin. <laughs> well, you know, Stan, just quickly, and Wendy, uh, I just want to mention the passing of a legend this past week in our industry, Mr. Cotton Cordell. I, oh, really? I was fortunate enough to be good friends with Cotton and his family. My Mike. uncle's buddy. Yeah. Cotton, at at his prime, Cordell Lures was making 22,000 fishing lures a day. And I knew Cotton as a good friend, but also an innovator. He was uh, he helped develop the first low-profile reel with Lou Childries. Uh, he came out with the first rattling lure with the, the rattling spot. I, I've heard stories that, I, I don't know, that you'll never hear from anywhere else on how these lures were made, how things like the Czar Spook was, uh, was named, uh, how the low-profile reel came into being. So many great stories, but... This was a man that wanted to bring as many fishing lures as he could into the hands of as many people as uh, was possible. And he certainly did do that he with did. Cordell Lures. So to Mike and the family, uh, our condolences on Hot Springs and probably not listening to us. But I've talked to Mike, and I'm going to try and get him on the show, and that maybe he'll be able to share some of those stories with us. Because you know, Mike, yeah, Mike, come on, Stan. My dad's family's from Hot Springs, Arkansas. He used to fish with my uncle all the time. So it was one of those things where, you know, I never got a chance to fish with the man, but I got to meet him a few times and, and talk with him. But what an innovator in our industry. He was uh, never never won a tournament, not that I'm aware of. But you're right, Stan. He was always thinking about how he could make that lure better. Yep. Uh, you know what to what the next step was because he didn't believe in patents. He's because he thought patents were only there to make lawyers richer. He thought, <laughs> he thought right. the, the way to go was to keep the innovation going, to keep the business going, and to uh, produce lures. So, cotton with your good friend uh, Harvey Naslin, Lou Childries, George, and a bunch of other people. I know you're up there, and you're having a great fishing time. Hey, that's it for tonight. 
So on behalf of Stan Vandenberg, Wendy Toshihara, JR in the AM540 studios, Ben Harvey, I'm your host, Hopalong John Cassidy, always in memory of Big Tuna Bill. You guys have a great evening. Keep safe. We'll meet you on the water, and we'll talk about it next Sunday night starting at 5.05 on Rod and Reel Radio. So good night, everyone. Again, stay safe. We are out.